Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Have you ever felt cheated out of a deal when buying tickets from StubHub only to see that there's a $15 fee at the end of your original purchase? Or have you ever been on Vivid Seats and not even get your tickets? That, that actually happened to me once. I ordered a ticket from Vivid Seats and I never got the ticket. And that's why I switched over to TickBick.com, where smart fans buy tickets online. No hidden fees. Search and buy now 100% authentic tickets. Best price guarantee. 24-7 customer service. Buy, bid on, and sell tickets with the confidence of their 110% guarantee. That's 110% guarantee. They show you the best deals with their algorithms and let you decide 0% buyer fees if your ticket is $26 your pr- your purchase is $26 no joke the most transparent consumer friendly ticket marketplace on the web authentic valid tickets backed by our 100% money back guarantee you'll love your ticketing experience from purchase through the final whistle or out and no hidden fees like I said if it's $26 hell if it's $8 it is an $8 purchase save an average of 10 to 15% on every purchase guaranteed only at tickpick.com get your tickets now Tonight is Saturday, October 12, 2019, and on this very night, the New York Yankees silenced the critics who said Minute Maid Park was a house of horrors for the Yankees as they take Game 1 of the American League Championship Series in Houston in convincing fashion. Everything that could have went right, went right for the Yankees tonight. They pitched, they hit, they shut out the Astros' offense. Masahiro Tanaka and Glaber Torres stealing the show like no other and basically sucking out the life out of Minute Maid Park, something the Yankees have never really been able to do over the past three to four years, per se. And that was arguably the biggest question coming into this entire American League Championship Series and probably the biggest must for the Yankees coming into this ALCS rematch with the Astros. And that's if they were going to be able to steal at least, at very least, one win on the road against Houston in Houston in the juice box, which they weren't able to do in 2017 and during the regular season this year in 2019, they got swept in April. So they proved in Houston tonight that the Houston Astros can be beat at home and beat in convincing fashion. 7 nothing the final again from the juice box starting the 2019 ALCS 
off with a bang. Glaber Torres continues to thrive in postseason play in uh, 2019, that is. Great series, arguably the ALDS MVP against Minnesota and the Twins, if there was an ALDS MVP, which there isn't, but there should be. Drove in five more runs today, a home run, back-to-back postseason games. Remember, he hit the solo shot off of Jake Odorizzi in Minnesota on Monday. Hits another solo blast off Granky tonight over the cross box at Minute Maid Park in the sixth inning tonight. If I were to guess the player of the game or the co-players of the game for that matter, it'd be Masahiro Tanaka and Glaber Torres absolutely sucking the life out of Houston. Like I mentioned, five RBIs from Torres and then six shutout innings from Masahiro Tanaka. It was yesterday afternoon, actually, when Aaron Boone announced to the media the rotation. It was going to be Tanaka in Game 1, James Paxton in Game 2 against Verlander, and then Severino, Luis Severino, against Garrett Cole in Game 3 in the Bronx after going uh, Paxton in Game 1, Tanaka in Game 2, and Seve in Game 3 in the ALDS against the Twins. And some thought this was a questionable call, given Tanaka's lack of success on the road in 2019. A lot of analysts, a lot of reporters out there, including Michael Kay and Chris Carlin from SNY, were talking on the Michael Kay show the other day about how he doesn't want Tanaka throwing one road game this entire postseason. That's how bad he's been this year. But he 100% proved the critics wrong. An absolutely brilliant performance on Saturday night. Six innings pitched. No earned runs, no runs at all for that matter. Only one hit allowed, four strikeouts. He only threw like 70 pitches, and he looked like a Verlander or a Cole tonight against one of the best offenses in the game today, making George Springer and Jose Altuve look silly multiple different times throughout the night. And Zach Granke, despite picking up the loss, didn't pitch as bad as he did in Game 3 of the ALDS in Tampa Bay, where he gave up eight earned runs. He was solid all night for Houston up until the sixth inning when Glaber Torres and Giancarlo Stan got to him for two solo homers to make it 3-0. Glaber, of course, with the shot over the left field wall, and then Giancarlo Stan, an absolute rifle into the deepest part of Minute Maid Park. Like, absolutely incredible, absolutely just the most intimidating swing 111 miles per hour off his bat. That was the exit velocity. Just an overall impressive day for Giancarlo Stanton. Had the single for the first Yankee hit in the second, then, of course, the home run in the sixth. Glaber Torres, of course, with the RBI double off of Granke to put the Yankees on the board in the fourth inning. So there was a ton of great pitching early on in this one, which wasn't advertised at all considering the offenses in this game against two very prone home run pitchers in Tanaka and Granke. But a huge, an absolute huge sigh of relief for the New York Yankees. They prove right away that they can beat Houston in their own ballpark. And in my eyes, in my eyes, from my point of view, this was a must win if you're the New York Yankees. I know it's only game one, but this was a must win for the Yankees against Zach Granke in game one. If the Yankees lose this game to Zach Granke and the Astros, not only do thoughts and flashbacks of 2017 and the lack of road success come back to them, but they'd have to find a way to beat Justin Verlander in Game 2 because if you're down 1-0 in this series, you can't beat Granky. then you have to go up against Justin Verlander in Game 2 and Garrett Cole in Game 3. I know a lot of people are going to say, well, you know, he's pitching at Yankee Stadium, but it's a 4:05 start time, meaning most likely there's going to be shadows lurking in the batter's box and on the mound too, meaning that the hitters might not be able to pick up Garrett Cole's nasty arsenal throughout the first four or five innings, which makes it extremely difficult, not going to be easy. Plus, if the Yankees can't beat the Astros in Houston, you bet your ass the Astros can beat the Yankees in the Bronx. But let's recap Saturday's Game 1 
Right off the bat, it looked like the Yankees were going to have their, themselves a handful after those first three innings with Zach Greinke. Really didn't do much offensively right off the bat, which is the last thing you want to see after all the confidence going in, not having to face either Justin Verlander or Garrett Cole, having a chance to get a series opening win with a weaker arm, especially considering Zach Greinke's start against the Rays a few days ago in the ALDS. I thought for sure that that uh, Aaron Judge ball that he hit to the warning track in left center field in the first inning was a home run. They had that vintage judge connection uh, where, you know, he just barreled it up just right, but it turned out to be nothing. And then, of course, Gio Urshela's laser down the left field line that Alex Bregman snagged for arguably the only highlight of the night for the Houston Astros. They really didn't do anything else against the Yankees. Alex Bregman's catch, the only highlight for the team all night. I think, you know, it was a great play when Joe Buck shows any sort of emotion during his game call. Speaking of great plays... I'd say Aaron Judge doubling up Alex Bregman in the bottom of the fifth was uh, the defensive play of the night from the Yankees, if not the entire game. Uh, No outs and Bregman on first. Jordan Alvarez roped one into the gap. It looked like trouble. Almost pissed my pants a little bit, I'm not going to lie, before Judge tracked it down. I don't know where Bregman was going, honestly. Judge had a beat on it the entire time, and he reacted like it was a guarantee to find the grass. But Aaron was able to gun him down from deep right field, the amazing arm, one of the more underrated right fielders in the game. You can compare him right at the top, him and Mookie Betts. I'm going Aaron Judge every time. Great scoop on the back end from DJ LeMahieu, who did not drop any pop-ups in the infield today. I feel like every time a pop-up in fair territory comes his way throughout this entire series, I'm going to think of game one against the Twins, because that just can't happen. I don't understand why it happened, but that was then. This is now. So that didn't happen tonight. No real moments where the Yankee fans had to crap themselves, which is another plus. Not one Astro in scoring position against Tanaka through the first five innings, so how could you be nervous? I mean, Masahiro Tanaka had arguably the most clutch start of his Major League Baseball career tonight at the Juice Box. He now has the third lowest ERA behind Sandy Koufax and Christy Mathewson with a 1.32 ERA in six career postseason outings. And a lot of people are going to argue with Yankees manager Aaron Boone about this decision to pull Massa out of this game early after just six innings, a low pitch count, and the fact that Astros hitters just couldn't figure him out. Guys, it was a 5 nothing lead for the Yankees going into the bottom of the 7th. And with Tanaka only throwing as many pitches as he did, I think it was under 70 in those six innings, he's now possibly, if Aaron Boone needed to, he can go to Masahiro Tanaka in Game 4. Remember, that would be three days rest for Tanaka after nearly getting a week off, seven days this past week. And given that neither the Yankees or the Astros have a Game 4 starter lined up, right now it's going to be opener against opener. And you know how that's going to work with their two offenses. Wouldn't this give the Yankees an advantage if they were able to knock off Verlander or Cole in the next few days? Or even if they're down 2-1, to one, let's say they're up 2-1, to one, they knock off Cole in Game 3 after losing Game 2. Then you have Tanaka, who's a guarantee to pitch decent in this postseason, up 2-1 to one against an Astros opener or Granke on short rest, which is an also another plus for the Yankees. I think if they're down 2-1 to one in the series, they have to go to Tanaka on short rest and then follow him up with Paxton in Game 5 against Granke or an opener. I think a three days rest Masahiro Tanaka is your best bet for game four. Have the bullpen rested after game three because you don't necessarily know what you're going to get from Luis Severino in game three against Garrett Cole. Best case scenario, he gives you five innings and then you got to turn to that trusted bullpen and that's the best case scenario because Seve, 
I don't think that they're going to go 100-plus with him just yet after nearly missing the entire season with that injury. And against the Astros' offense, it it, it would be truly something special if Luis Severino can shut down that offense like Tanaka did tonight. I think we might see Seve go for four innings again like he did in Game 3 against the Twins in Minnesota at Target Field, which means... Boone will have to wear out that bullpen for a day, meaning Tanaka in Game 4 would add a little extra insurance for those arms in the pen. Not to mention Tanaka would only, at that point, would have only thrown 70 pitches in the last 10 days. He'd really be somewhat rested for this start, not to mention the amount of adrenaline that's probably going to be kicked in. I honestly think that's why Tanaka was pulled so early in his brilliant start tonight. It's because he'd be the one that's ready to go for a Game 4, whether it's 2-1 to Astros lead or a 2-1 to Yankees lead. Because, you know, for the most part, where you're getting from Tanaka, I mean, look at the numbers. The postseason numbers don't lie. Third lowest ERA lifetime behind Sandy Koufax and company. And you would be benefiting yourselves against a Houston team that, as of right now, is going with an opener on Wednesday in Game 4 at Yankee Stadium. So if the Yanks are down 2-1, to one, let's pray that they're not. But if they're down 2-1 to one in this series going into Game 4, turning to Tanaka would to even up the series would be your best bet, especially since they'll be in the Bronx. But if you look at it on the other side, if Tanaka throws in a Game 4 where the scenario is a 2-1 to one Yankees lead, then you could go for the potential knockout punch by setting yourself up for a 3-1 series lead going into your final home game against Houston in Game 5. Isn't that an interesting topic of discussion? This is a real possibility if the Yankees can do what they ultimately need to do if they want to advance to the World Series this year, and that's beat Justin Verlander and or Garrett Cole at the very least just once in this series. So on that topic, let's briefly preview Game 2 between Justin Verlander and the Big Maple, James Paxton, who will be pitching in the biggest game of his life tomorrow at the Juice Box at Minute Maid Park. But before that, let's hear from our handy-dandy sponsor over at TickPick. Have you ever felt cheated out of a deal when buying tickets from StubHub only to see that there's a $15 fee at the end of your original purchase? Or have you ever been on Vivid Seats and not even get your tickets? That that actually happened to me once. I ordered a ticket from Vivid Seats and I never got the ticket. And that's why I switched over to TickBick.com where smart fans buy tickets online. No hidden fees. Search and buy now 100% authentic tickets Best price guarantee, 24-7 customer service. Buy, bid on, and sell tickets with the confidence of their 110% guarantee. That's 110% guarantee. They show you the best deals with their algorithms and let you decide 0% buyer fees. Your ticket is $26. Your Your purchase is $26. No joke. The most transparent consumer-friendly ticket marketplace on the web, authentic valid tickets backed by our 100% money-back guarantee. You'll love your ticketing experience from purchase through the final whistle or out and no hidden fees. Like I said, if it's $26, hell, if it's $8, it is an $8 purchase. Save an average of 10 to 15% on every purchase guaranteed only at TickPick.com. Get your tickets now. Okay, so game two tomorrow night, Sunday night, competing with Sunday night football for the ratings, NBC and Fox, gonna be a barn burner. On one hand, you've got the Yankees and the Astros competing for a spot in the 2019 World Series, an epic ALCS rematch from two years ago. And on the other hand, you've got the epic showdown between the one and four Pittsburgh Steelers going toe-to-toe with the Los Angeles Chargers. 
Yikes, they really effed up on that one. Why the hell is that the Sunday night game? Well, anyway, on Fox, it's going to be the Big Maple, James Paxton, trying to help the Yankees accomplish the impossible by going up 2-0 in the American League Championship Series, coming away with two wins in Houston, while Justin Verlander looks to continue his lifetime dominance against the New York Yankees while trying to even up the series up at a game apiece, heading back to Yankee Stadium during the week. On paper, everybody has to know, including Yankees fans, that this 100% favors Houston in all aspects. James Paxton only managed to get through four and two-thirds innings against the Twins in Game 1 of the ALDS last Friday, and that was at home. He gave up three runs and two home runs in the process, while... Like I just mentioned, Verlander has been a Yankee killer ever since joining the Astros late in 2017. I think, yeah, Justin Verlander was named the 2017 ALCS MVP in that series against the Yankees two years ago by only allowing one earned run in 16 innings combined. He threw a complete game in Game 2, only allowing one run, and then seven shutout innings in Game 6 at Minute Maid Park with the Astros' season on the line. That's when the Yankees were up three games to do. Verlander throws in Game 6, evens up the series at three apiece, and then Charlie Morton shuts down the Yankees in Game 7, and then the Astros win the pennant, and the rest is history. I was crying on the couch at school. It was not a fun situation. And you know Verlander is going to be amped up tomorrow anyways, given his last start in Tampa Bay, where he couldn't even get out of the fourth inning, not to mention that his team needs him to step up desperately. You don't want to go down 2-0 to this Yankees team heading back to the concrete jungle. So you know Big Game Justin will show up tomorrow. Kate Upton will be screaming her head off from the wives box. And the offense for the Astros will also definitely be looking to redeem themselves after being held to only three hits tonight against Masahiro Tanaka and company. This is a good matchup for Houston considering James Paxton's history of giving up first inning runs. Mostly first inning home runs for that matter. We saw one against Polanco and the Twins in game one in that first inning. Second batter he faced. And despite his really, really good end of the season where he won 10 of his last 11 starts, finishing 15-6, and six, but I'd expect the Houston Astros to jump on James Paxton early and for Justin Verlander to give the New York Yankees a run for their money before shipping off to New York on Monday because, A, they know they can't lose the first two games of this series at home in a park where they've been like automatic since 2017 because of the atmosphere they're going to be facing at Yankee Stadium and B if the Yankees can get to Verlander and take hit and take game two on Sunday that not only gives New York the confidence against Houston's A-list pitching but again also gives them a 2-0 series lead going home where they'll have a fully rested staff and a potential Masahiro Tanaka start in game four. So that just proves how huge tonight's win for the Yankees truly was because, again, if they lose that game tonight against Zach Ranke, they force themselves to try and figure out Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole in games two and three with no room for error. With the win, the Yankees can afford a loss. They can take a loss in this situation, even though you're looking to go up 2-0 tomorrow night. But with tonight's win, now you have that insurance policy heading home with at very least a 1-1 tie, where with a loss, you'd be trying to scratch and claw for a win against Justin Verlander, trying not to go down 2-0. Because not only does that put you in the exact same situation, the very exact same situation that they were in two years ago in the 2017 ALCS under Joe Girardi, but that also gives the Yankees the idea that Minute Maid Park is still a house of horrors and that getting a win in that ballpark is nearly impossible. So tonight's win, a must. They pick it up. Glaber Torres is going to be the number one key to the Yankees' success this postseason, and we've seen why already. 
the impressive series against the Twins in the ALDS with a homer and five RBIs, picking up the championship belt during the Champagne celebration, only to double those stats in Game 1 against the Astros with a homer and five runs batted in in one game in the opening round of this heavyweight fight. And you've got to remember, Glaber Torres, Glaber Ruth, Glaber Day, Glaber of the Month, the original Baby Bomber, whatever the hell you want to call him, he's just 22 years of age. This guy is arguably the best hitter in this lineup, and he's here to stay for what you could imagine 15 more seasons at least if the Yankees can lock him up. Aaron Judge, who hit 52 home runs in his first big league season in 2017, and the man who's been undoubtedly the the uh, unofficial captain for the Yankees ever since Derek Jeter retired in 2014. When he went out of his way to say after Game 3 of the ALDS last week that Glaber Torres is the next generation superstar of the New York Yankees, following in the footsteps of Derek Jeter and Don Mattingly and Reggie Jackson, Alex Rodriguez, the list goes on and on. That is pretty high praise from a guy that is arguably the face of your franchise at the moment. Glaber Torres is only getting more and more and more and more confident. I had to say it four times. That's how confident he is right now at hitting a major league baseball. He's been disciplined at the plate, hasn't swung at too many pitches outside of the zone. He's been known to shorten up his swing when he gets to two strikes in the count. He's going to be a tough out for the Houston Astros pitching staff this entire series. And just because your name is Justin Verlander doesn't mean you have the secret sauce to get him out either, buddy. So will Verlander have the secret sauce to figure out Labor Torres tomorrow night? The only true way to find that out is to tune in on Fox tomorrow night at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. But if I were to guess... Justin Verlander will be able to combat Torres' hot hitting as of late only because of Glaber's lack of experience against the former AL Cy Young Award winner. I believe that it was back in 2018 when Glaber Torres really started to get going and heating up for the Yankees in his rookie year when it became really apparent that he was going to shatter his uh, minor league home run mark. Uh, I think he hit 24 home runs in his entire minor league career and nearly 1,500 at-bats lifetime while hitting 13 for the Yanks and just about 150 at-bats in the majors. I think he finished with 38 this year. He finished with 20 in 2018. Coley Harvey, who was a Yankees reporter for ESPN at the time, asked Glaber after a game on June 14, 2018, how he explained his then big home run surge, and he just replied by saying it's really weird. I guess in a good way because you're launching home runs left and right. But yes, it was very weird, Glaber. And uh, Justin Verlander actually liked a tweet. There was a tweet that Coley Harvey had sent out regarding this interview with Glaber, and Justin Verlander had liked the tweet. Verlander, of course, by liking this tweet, according to the media, is insinuating that balls are 100% juiced, which he had made uh, multiple claims before this as well. Justin Verlander really upset with uh, the baseball changes, and Rob Manfred has, of course, stood his ground, staying completely oblivious to the complaints like one corrupt commissioner would do. Don't worry, Rob, they got one in the NFL too. But on Sunday night, despite this flashback moment in this episode, again, this was way back in the Wayback Machine back in 2018, Justin Verlander is going to have no excuses when Glaber Torres steps up to the dish at Minute Maid Park in front of a sold-out crowd cheering for him to strike his ass out because Justin Verlander is either going to dominate Glaber Torres or Glaber Torres is going to dominate Justin Verlander. I pray that it's the latter because at this very moment, it looks like Glaber Torres is in the early running for ALCS MVP. Again, very, very early. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. We're only up one game to nothing. 
but you probably go with Glaber for that award unless he goes over 40 in the next five to seven games and Masahiro Tanaka has another shutout in game four or five. So it's going to be another heavyweight battle tomorrow night on Fox Sports 1. I think I said Fox earlier, but Game 2 will be on Fox Sports 1 at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. Justin Verlander versus James Paxton. The New York Yankees versus the Houston Astros. The Yankees have put Houston's backs against the wall with a Game 1 victory on the road. Justin Verlander is no joke, though, ladies and gents. He'll shoot you down like the gunslinger that Houston has made him out to be. We'll see if the Yankees can get it done. Always remember that the O Show is presented by Belly Up Sports. Be bold, stand out. Go check out all the latest trends, articles, and podcasts at bellyupsports.com. And remember to check out the Belly Up Sports shop as well. I think I've mentioned on the last few episodes this month only, we are selling pink Belly Up tees to support breast cancer as half of the proceeds, 50% of all proceeds, if you purchase these Belly Up pink tees, will be given to the Susan G. Komen Foundation, a great cause. Go pick up your pink Belly Up Sports tee and sweatshirts. I think they're giving out Belly Up Sports pink tees and sweatshirts to support breast cancer right now. You've also got a great selection of Yankees and Astros tees, just uh, the theme of the episode, ALCS, here in Houston. Like I've mentioned previously, the Yankees effing Savages tee is available on the shop for only $25. We'll be giving those shirts away on the upcoming episodes as well during our series recap episode, so be sure to tune in for those. And remember to check out all of our other podcasts on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network, like The Corner Booth with Jared Klim, The Blackout with Thomas Black, Chair Gaten, the number one NASCAR podcast in Belly Up Sports, and more available on all platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We're also sponsored by TickPick, as you saw in the ads, the number one ticket marketplace with no hidden fees. A quick congratulations to our uh, winner, who's going to go unnamed for the moment, for winning our League Championship Series contest. He is now the proud owner of two free tickets to Game 4 of the National League Championship Series in Washington, D.C., between the Cardinals and the Nationals. That'll be on Tuesday. Thank you for everyone else who entered for a chance to win. We had over 90 people enter, so thanks for tuning in. With that being said, let's go Yanks. Hit it, Hootie.
Have you ever felt cheated out of a deal when buying tickets from StubHub only to see that there's a $15 fee at the end of your original purchase? Or have you ever been on Vivid Seats and not even get your tickets? That, that actually happened to me once. I ordered a ticket from Vivid Seats and I never got the ticket. And that's why I switched over to TickBick.com where smart fans buy tickets online. No hidden fees. Search and buy now 100% authentic tickets. Best price guarantee, 24-7 customer service. Buy, bid on, and sell tickets with the confidence of their 110% guarantee. That's 110% guarantee. They show you the best deals with their algorithms and let you decide 0% buyer fees. If your ticket is $26, your, your purchase is $26. No joke. The most transparent consumer-friendly ticket marketplace on the web, authentic valid tickets backed by our 100% money-back guarantee. You'll love your ticketing experience from purchase through the final whistle or out and no hidden fees. Like I said, if it's $26, hell, if it's $8, it is an $8 purchase. Save an average of 10 to 15% on every purchase guaranteed only at TickPick.com. Get your tickets now. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.